You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Welcome to episode 138 of Flipping Tables. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards, and with me is my brother, Justin. Hey guys, good to see you again. <laughs> is this where you say episode 13DD8? Or how? <laughs> what Usually you, you find some weird... There's no way to do 11D1 at the 13 level. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I thought I'd try. Is that bilboing? Is that what you call it? Um, yeah. <laughs> No, Lyons is still gone, and we have some theories on where he is. And I thought we just, you know, David Letterman top ten list this back and forth. All right, top theories on where David Lyons is. He's testing Elon Musk's new hyperloop between South Korea and Denver. Um, in light of today, he's uh, off in Prague hacking into Palisade bank vaults. He's directing a much better Avatar: The Last Airbender remake. Or he's uh, revisiting the Ender's Game film and reconsidering his merits, um, not basing it on the book, but just letting the movie speak for itself. <laughs> he's on a one-way trip to Mars. He's still waiting in line for the iPhone 7 Plus, which isn't in stock until November. Or he's volunteering at Trump rallies. <laughs> I'm going to go Ooh, with that one. <laughs> that's going to be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, David. Yeah, David's gone. He'll be back. (laughs) Probably not next episode. Maybe 140. I think it's going to be a 140 reunion. So wow, stay tuned for that. It's giving you a good opportunity to catch up on your uh, uh, titular episode uh, lines. (laughs) I think he was ahead of you. That's true. Well, well, not if my guests keep winning. (laughs) Ah, well, (laughs) we'll see. He's got to keep saying funny things. So on with the episode. Uh, We got a couple of topics this week, uh, some tech, some gaming, some movie. Let's start off with this iOS 10 thing. So kind of the Apple event, the haters have gone back to their caves and the fanboys have also gone back to theirs. (laughs) Are they also in caves? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you kind of start to live with this new reality of what Apple has given us with iOS 10. And, you know, there's some good things, but What's that's boring? Who cares about what's working properly? Uh, what's what sucks about iOS ten? Yeah, I, I mean, I think just to start off, like you know, if it says anything, this is the first iOS upgrade where I've said, "Huh, this is just kind of like I wish I could go back to the one before." Like I've <laughs> I've had minor complaints about other ones, but this is the first one I've had enough annoyances to be like, "Eh, I think it was better before." And like you didn't really get anything great new that offsets the inconvenience of right. something. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? What what's got It's just a bunch you know, like you say, it's paper cuts. It's just like they've reorganized where certain things are via the swipe on like every app. So I don't know, like generally you'll first notice it, especially in messages where first of all, messages is just I don't know. They put in this like new app store for messages, and you can draw with it now. And so it's just it's gotten a lot more crowded, and so in order to fit all that stuff down, you have to like swipe down to the app store, and then like I don't know, it's really small like hit point too. Like yeah. uh, I'm used to like oh, it's just camera or you know very simple. Um, one thing I always do in messages is I'm taking pictures a lot just to like send off to Juliet or whoever. 
And, you know, to get to pictures now, it, it has this tiny little, like, preview of the camera app. And so you can actually take a picture on this, like, half-inch size preview. And it looks terrible. And if you touch it, because you're like, oh, I should probably, you know, how would I make that full screen like it used to be? You don't touch it. Because if you touch it, you actually just take a picture. Um, and you actually, <laughs> there's no intuitive way. You have to swipe the whole bottom over to get to your camera options. And then you can pick, oh, actually, I want to do video or, you know, that will make it full screen for you. So, so it's they, like they buried that. It's, it's four steps away to getting to the camera. When before it was just touch the camera and you're using the camera. Yeah, it used to send you into a full camera immediately. So you had all those options. Yeah, I think I, I've, my workflow is like I've completely hidden the camera app on the home screen. Like there's no camera app anywhere. And I just do the swipe up command center camera every time I want to go to it. But it's like they need to support both paths. Like sometimes you're like, I want to take a picture. And then you're like, hey, I want to share it. But other times you're like, I want to share a picture with him. So I go to the conversation first and then I want to take a picture. Yeah, and also from the lock screen... You know, you're used to like swiping up to go to the camera, but now you can just swipe right to the camera. So that's like one little bit faster to get. That's cool, but it it breaks half the time on my iPhone (laughs) six. Like it just freezes in like blur mode. Has this happened to you? Yes, of course. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right, this is gonna save me time. Now it's wasted time because it's just not working. No, I actually go back to the other way. Um and and on the note, like again also from lock screen stuff, and that's where I'm always I'm always interacting with the lock screen version, because I'll swipe up and get to things quickly or whatever. Now you swipe up, you can uh, then swipe right to get to... So your music controls are further away now. <laughs> yeah, they're farther away. And then if you wanted to pause or quickly unpause, um, or, you know, like, so you swiped over to pause your Spotify or whatever, and then you forgot about it, and then you go back, you're like, oh, actually, I wanted to set... Oh, but then you swipe your control center up, and it's still on music center. Like, I don't know, it, it remembers where you were which I guess makes sense, but then most of the time I don't need it to remember that I was on the Music Center. Like I'd rather know it's just... up and right every time instead of having to guess what I did last. <laughs> yeah, because I'll, like, I'll always swipe up and be like, oh, wait, no, that's Music Center, go this back. This something uh, Square solved in the 90s by giving you an option in Final Fantasy on whether <laughs> like, when you go to your magic list, does it remember the last spell you used? And I hate that because I memorize exactly. how many taps to cure for. Yeah, because you just get used to it. And that's that's the thing is like... In general, things are just rearranged, and you know, I'll have to get used to it, and I am. But like, it's been rearranged in such that it's more steps to what I was doing much more quickly in the old version. <laughs> I have to say that iMessage, at least on the iPhone six, uh, is sluggish now, and that's really my biggest complaint. I don't mind the UI extra buttons. Like, fine, I can throw Mario mustaches on your text, but just the mere fact that like doing anything and it is just laggy now just very very slow yep i noticed it too i don't know the app store is just very not even the store but just like using an app within messages is crashy and yeah it's just all together like anytime you switch keyboards it's just like this huge hiccup like uh, okay there it is (laughs) (laughs) and there's no like indication it's loading something it just kind of sits there and then goes Oh, yeah, here's the other keyboard. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, is that happening? And then it, some of it goes down and it comes back up with, like, for instance, Bitmoji. Um, <laughs> so annoying. But 
yeah, in our first night, like I told Juliet to get that silly like gaming app where you can send each other like yeah. pool or something. And I so I installed it and she installed it and then she tried to send me a game and it says you're whoever can't play this until they upgrade their that app. I'm like, this just came out like 45 seconds ago. <laughs> Already, I she has a newer version than me, so I have to go and upgrade my app. And then I upgraded, but it didn't know I upgraded. I had to close down and reset everything and, <laughs> until we could actually play pool. Just to and play then, a stupid game in messages. <laughs> <laughs> just clunky first day stuff. But Here's something else that I'm sure happens to you constantly. So you swipe up Control Center, and then you want to change brightness, and nope, you're on music controls because it didn't tap the right spot and it wasn't moving brightness <laughs> yeah and that will that will happen forever now because that's the way it is like if i'm constantly running into the same paper cut rather than you know learning to oh actually i need an extra swipe here like i shouldn't have to i don't know yeah i was upset i want to go back <laughs> one of the other things and this actually wasn't an ios 10 thing it's just a facebook messenger thing but um if you don't have notifications turned on uh, all the way like if you just say eh, you're allowed to give me badges but don't pop in my face when i'm doing stuff facebook messenger will give you a red badge every once in a while that says hey turn on the rest of notifications and that just makes me want to hate rage delete the, the app have you i don't know if you customize that one and encounter this i don't have facebook installed at all so that's i don't know that's probably a better way to live um, but this is because on my ipad pro which i'm often drawing on i don't want any notifications to pop in the way while i'm doing that work like i don't mind if it's sitting on the home screen telling me there's something um but facebook just won't let that it's just like won't let you live in peace that way yeah <laughs> <laughs> I really want anything that's a red badge has to be something I care about. And yeah, just I a reminder. <laughs> run through me first if you're going to red badge me. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the last gripe I have about iOS 10 so far is uh, the iPad deserves a lot more love for Absolutely. how big it is. And yeah. it got a little better. Like when you command space to search, like Spotlight, it doesn't go to the home screen first and then move over. It just like overlays. So. <laughs> That's the right decision. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, more more of those kinds of things. But I still run into apps that are just like, what's a keyboard? <laughs> just like, I don't know. Oof, yeah. I suppose if I'm hooking a keyboard up to an iPad, I've already failed. But <laughs> <laughs> any, any other things? Getting your goat, grinding your gears. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just feels, I don't know. Maybe it is because my phone is two years old. It just feels a lot slower and clunkier, and I think that's pretty typical. Is uh, I upgraded software, but I'm not upgrading my hardware, so I can't keep up. I have to get the new phone. Well, I also wonder like how much of the convenience is 3D touch. Uh, just like uh, you just don't get it on the six. Like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've never had that because so Juliet got the success, but I did not. So I've never. Does she even use 3D got, touch? Because I always hear people go, "What's that?" <laughs> Yeah, she barely knows it's a thing, and she always discover like, oh wait, yeah, I could just hold down on the app to do this. Yeah, and our friend Adam was like, oh yeah, I trigger that thing accidentally all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just, what I feel sad about is that um, I know you're holding out for another year as best you can. I have to upgrade my phone because it's a piece of garbage <laughs> and it's been smashed in a door a couple of times. In and a door. Intent- Ow. <laughs> 
Uh, it fell onto the car door, like side, you know, like when oh. it falls out of your pocket in the car, and you're like, "Where was it?" And then you close the car door, and suddenly, <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, but like I a, wasn't doing it. Juliet was trying to close the door, and she's like, "It was not closing," and kept closing. Just it like a Liam Neeson taken torture, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So since then, it's just been dying very slowly, and now my antenna is searching. Pretty much like 60, 70% of the day, no matter where I am in the city. Oh. Um, and I don't know how to do that. I always have to restart my phone and suddenly I have four bars. If you can show so. it to an Apple person, maybe they'll replace it for free. And then you'll still have a six and you'll be like, I kind of wanted a new one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I did order the 7 Plus and I'm getting oh it eventually when they come in. So, um, But I want to use that camera. I'm excited to actually go shoot some fun things with it. So. I'll let you know how the uh, portrait mode with the fake blurring turns out. Yeah. Deus Ex. So there's this game we like that anyone who's never heard of it is like, what did you just say to me? Deus Ex. (laughs) God sex. (laughs) Uh, Deus Ex Machina is maybe the phrase someone would know. God in the machine. Game series that just had a new sequel come out, and I kind of wanted to talk about because I know you played it, and I know you you didn't play the original back in the day, but you've kind of hopped on board lately, and uh, just sort of talk about the experience of this game and pros and cons. So, did you like this game? I love the game. I played it twice through pretty quickly within the first couple of weeks. Um, it, I, like for me, that's a sign of after I beat it, I'm like, I'm going to go through it again because I had fun. Yeah. Um, and they do have a new game plus, which is, is great. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I tore through it. I think you beat it even sooner than I did just cause <laughs> my week was a little busier then. But once I did beat it, I beat it the second time through within like two days and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Well, you I'm- skip all the dialogue. You just like flying through and you have <laughs> yeah. upgraded silenced weapons. So you just kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. I can remote hack the world. <laughs> uh, so if, if you've never heard of this game, you're basically a, a, an augmented like cyborg human and uh you're trying to investigate some terrorism stuff and the plot's kind of ridiculous but uh one of the interesting things about this game is uh they they kept it kind of small in a way compared to even the last game human revolution which had bigger hubs or the original game in 2000 had very very large maps and i think they're all good games but this one kind of you know went in the face of no man's sky and some of these other games we're seeing where that are just like what if everything was huge and there was five million places and they're all boring and repetitive and the same (laughs) and the developers very opinionated about it really tried to say hey let's make a small game and pack it with details and i think you know, when I heard this argument and saw this video we'll share in the show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash flipping table slash 138, there's this video on YouTube called In Praise of Prague that kind of goes into the game design philosophy of, you know, you can only make so many things. So the only question is, how often will you repeat it and how big will you stretch it? And so this guy was very in favor of Deus Ex Mankind Divided's Prague because it's small and packed to the gills. Did you find yourself appreciating that aspect of it, or were you kind of like, man, I kind of wish this world was a little bigger? No way. I thought it was uh, plenty big for me, and that's the, my favorite part of the game is that most of the buildings are interactive. You can actually go into so much of the city, um, and you know, in, in this video, he compares it a lot to the latest Batman game, Arkham Knight, 
in that in the sense that like you have all of Gotham, only you're going to go in like two percent of the buildings, <laughs> and the rest you're just kind of flying over. Um, and so it just added a lot of you know depth to the possibility of you know the game could go as deep as you wanted to go in the side questing. Um, you could stumble upon some apartment with a murder had taken place, and you know you investigate the computer and find a clue here and here. And it doesn't necessarily tie into the main plot. Sometimes it does. You know, it's like this is the police murdered this person because you find clues. Um, but it's just kind of it's it's there if you want it. If you just want to burn through the, the main quest, you can do that too. But um, I've very often got caught up side questing and having more fun there. Um, so yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I think it'd be a great model to go from there. I I, I think it's really cool. I th- the game also did a good job of like in a lot of RPGs. There's like the disc one, disc two cutoff of like you can't do this anymore if you move on to the next disc. Right, and just like you would get on the helicopter for a certain mission, and the pilot would be like, "Are you sure you're done?" <laughs> and then the yeah. game was even more explicit, like side quests will be cut off if you don't go do them now. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah, "Okay, exactly. hang on, I gotta go <laughs> <laughs> investigate some murder mystery before I do my job." Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um I don't know if it was just the, the PS4 version for me. The one thing that took forever for me was always just switching between parts of the city. You know, you get on a subway and it's like I can go get a drink cuz it's going to be a while on this subway. Like, <laughs> cut slow scene hard of, drive. Yeah, Jensen on the subway just kind of like looking around and I'm like is something going to happen? <laughs> oh no, he's just going to wait till it loads. I up. need to throw in the show notes that uh when you just left that Splinter Cell game on and it was like the mission select and Sam oh, Fisher yeah. just keeps turning left and right. Pondering <laughs> this very important decision. Uh, I have a YouTube video of that that goes on for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's the feeling of when you're on the subway. You know, The first time you get on, you're like, do I have to do something here? And it just keeps cutting like dramatically, like suspense building. And then you just kind of walk off. You're like, okay. But... Uh... <laughs> No. I'd say my favorite uh, part of the game was, you know, and you only really do this one major time is when you're supposed to infiltrate this bank vault, you know, and like you fall, like sneak around and you get into like the CEO's office to get the key to go to the elevator to get to the vault. Like just really well done Mission Impossible kind of, you yeah. know, Tom Cruise kind of stuff hanging in the <laughs> kind of <laughs> however many floors deep underground it goes. Um <laughs> Really fun stuff like that, you know. I could I could do it with a lot more of that next time. Just like all video games, the vents are so big, they're goofy, huge that you can crawl through them. And I swear, the entire building would hear it if you broke a wall with your <laughs> yeah, fist. You do that a lot. <laughs> and the, the sound effects are not subtle. It's like, <laughs> and then like the guy in the room's just kind of like, huh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or I jump down the shaft and I do an Icarus strike with lightning storms, <laughs> yeah. and the guy just around the hallway is like, eh. <laughs> I wasn't in line of sight. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I realize it makes the game more fun that they don't hear everything, but. Yeah. Um, I, I, to this whole debate of like, oh, the game's not bigger versus smaller games, um, I think I agree with this video and my. My feeling with Mankind Divided is I enjoyed the game a lot, but I don't I don't need a bigger world. I just wanted more set pieces, more bank infiltration, more, you know, just whatever f- secret government facility type stuff, like whatever it's going to be, just give me a couple more episodes of those sneaking in and let me enjoy that. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I think it sends you back to your headquarters too often, um, and then sends you out on some big action type of set piece. And Which those like, weren't as good. <laughs> no, like I hated going to the one like in the snow factory or whatever. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna have to shoot my way out of here because I don't have the patience just to. That one room was kind of incredible. There's like 40 guys in it, and the huge warehouse yeah. there. Yeah, it was and insane. I tried to yep. do it stealth and carefully, and it didn't work. And then I was just like, ah, just run for it. Yeah, after the third time, I'm like, I'm just going to sprint and go invisible, and they can deal with it. Um, you know, it felt to me like like it should have been almost like a Metal Gear Solid kind of infiltration experience, but it just there's something off with like the balance there. I don't know. It, maybe they didn't get enough, and they needed an extra couple months on that part of the game or something. Yeah. Um, no, you mentioned going back to the base too often, and now that you said that, I completely agree. And uh, so much of the game was like, did you have this feeling like, oh, you're following the map and the waypoint, and you realize, oh, it's taking me to the subway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and then, you know, because I feel like there's this momentum building in the plot, and then it's like, go back and talk to your boss. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> like, no, just go ahead and like, I can talk to him on the radio. Yeah, I we have, have to, these devices. <laughs> what, I have to walk all the way back there. I want to see you in my office now. <laughs> I want to accidentally bump into that psychologist that totally has more going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, God. Oh, so wow. one of the other things this video in praise of Prague made to make its point about Deus Ex was it compared to the different Batman Arkham games, which you've played all three of those, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so there's there's Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight was the PS4 one. And I think those they're all like fantastic A-level games. Like I enjoyed them all immensely. Um, but I, I do see his point. I think Arkham Asylum had more memorable set pieces and less filler, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of memorable set pieces in all the games, but there's just no wasted space in the first one. Yeah, he likens it to that uh, Breaking Bad episode, is it Bug? Where they're yeah, fly you know, something, yeah. There's I'm terrible because I know Ryan Johnson directed that one, <laughs> but uh, you know, like they're stuck in this room, make the most out of the whole thing. And you know, in the episode, it was 45 minutes action packed of this, like you know, thoughtful and then suspenseful and you know, building up this this way. And those are you know, great in the game aspect too. That I think Asylum really had going for it. And I would say that um, Night builds its own kind of mini asylum experiences, you know, like for once when you like go to the TV studio and you got to find Harley Quinn, you know, it felt like I was back in asylum kind of doing yeah. that, like go down this hallway and grab that. Now go down that hallway and grab this guy. And like, but it, it was making the most out of making you explore the whole TV studio and finding all the, the fun things. Yeah. I have to say the Riddler races are probably the least favorite part of that game. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand them. <laughs> or just anything about the Riddler in that game. It's like, well, you got to track down thugs and interrogate them, and then you got to find the spot on your map. And, <laughs> yeah. and the fact that you can't fully beat the Riddler without doing like a thousand. Like, I usually devour these games and want to complete all the side quests, and I was just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, getting out of hand there for completionists. Yeah. No, I, I think Rocksteady struck a good balance. The night game still had a lot of special stuff to it, um, but 
I think where you find the example of what this video is talking about of bland open world is, I mean, the most recent one's No Man's Sky, which I haven't played yet because of all the all the disappointment on the internet about it. It's just everyone's like, oh, this was a huge <laughs> letdown. Uh, but, you know, I think of Assassin's Creed where 99.9% of all buildings are just boxes you can't enter. Um, yeah, window dressing. It's just, so what? Yeah, and running away isn't even that fun. It's usually a pain in the ass. <laughs> so uh, it's not like I, th- I think in in Batman or Deus Ex, it's more fun to sneak around. Uh, Assassin's Creed hasn't had good sneaking mechanics ever, as far as I know. Yeah, um, or most of Bethesda's games, I think that they're a little more fun with their open worldness, but. It's not that, like, you can go into almost every building in, like, Morrowind or Oblivion or whatever, Skyrim, but they're full of the same stuff everywhere. It's just Mm -hmm. tables and beds and bookshelves that you see everywhere, and you can literally take the spoons from everyone's house, but there's no reason to do it, (laughs) and so who cares? And so I I definitely come down on the side of I prefer the tight-knit Deus Ex-style game over the completely vast but meaningless yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm torn though, because I think the Metal Gear 5 was kind of spectacular and I enjoyed every minute um, sneaking into every building that mattered. And, you know, I, maybe it was a little too big of a world, but I liked that you could do a mission, finish it, and then say, I'm going to do the next mission. I'm just going to get in my Jeep and drive there and, like, I can continue on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I, again, I, I'll like any kind of game as long as it's really just well done. So, <laughs> I guess that's it. It's like you, you don't hate computer graphics; you hate bad computer graphics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the last thing on this was the. There's a nice quote from Warren Spector, who designed the original Deus Ex game, uh, Deus Ex game. <laughs> and he said he i'd rather do something that's an inch wide and a mile deep than something that's a mile wide and an inch deep don't think too hard about what else that quote could mean he's talking about game design (laughs) Um, and he he described that you know a, a dream game project for him would be to do an rpg that's only set on one city block and i really want some talented designer to try that like just make it, you know, a couple apartments, a shop, and somewhere else, and there's some kind of crazy mystery, and you're running all around, and uh, by the end of it, you know the whole place intimately, and it's just rich. Yeah, I can't help but be reminded of the uh, Silent Hill PT teaser for yeah. what it might have been. You know, they gave us a tiny taste of, here's a hallway, and you're going to solve this mystery going through this hallway over and over, <laughs> but on the horror kind of spectrum of yeah. it. Um, but there, yeah, there's definitely great potential there for this idea of like one place, milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, it's kind of like movies that, you know, take place in one location, like Reservoir Dogs does a lot of that or um, trying to think, what was that Ryan Reynolds where he's buried a lot? It was just called Buried. It was Buried, yeah. Like, you, you don't want every movie to be that gimmick, but it was pretty well done. Yeah. Speaking of movies, <laughs> Segway Man. Yes. Uh, no, uh, for our final topic, um, at least unless we get sidetracked again with where this might lead us, um, I did get a chance to see the Snowden film this weekend. You didn't see it at Comic Con? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Wait in line overnight. It's such a great comic book movie, though. <laughs> um, 
But it's the latest film. It's Oliver Stone directed. Um, he did go and, you know, he likes to do this kind of based on true story kind of stuff and do his own liberal agenda spin on them. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed it. I think the Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a great job. I felt like, you know, for those who still don't know what Snowden is about, like people who aren't informed to, and assume that, oh, he's a spy, right? He ratted out American spies. <laughs> like they really listen to the whatever gets out there. I'm like, no, actually hear his story. First of all, like the documentary from a couple of years ago is really great. Citizen Four. Yeah, and this movie is almost it's it's funny to notice that it was like it's the making of a documentary done in a narrative um which usually you could have the opposite where like oh this is the making of documentary of that narrative film. Um so it kind of sets up, you know, the bookend is like hey, I'm having a secret meeting with journalists in Hong Kong to give them this information and then it kind of does these flashbacks to like how did he, how did he get here? Um really well done very informative and you know does its best to kind of boil down the the tech speak jargon and kind of get it on like relatable terms of just like this is your privacy and you have nothing to hide but here's you know the ramifications of the government being able to for instance hack your webcam at any moment just because you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who might have a bank connection to a terrorist, right? Right. Like, why are they able to look in my apartment with my webcam? I don't know. Because um, they want to find the terrorist. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. But what are what are the limits of you know? There's a reason, or uh, we don't have to get into politics, but there's a reason our government set up. Hey, maybe the government shouldn't be able to look wherever it wants at all times because there's a cost to this, especially if you think your government might be corrupt at some point. Right. And we should have the power to question that government. You know, a, a phrase that comes up a few times in a film and it comes up as a result of this issue anyways is, you know, speaking truth to power. And, you know, if the NSA is the power and you're not allowed to speak truth to it, then we have a problem. Right. If it's exempted from oversight of any kind. And I mean, I've always like, I know there's controversy over what Snowden did. I'm mostly in in favor of the result because it brought to light all these things. Um, sometimes you do have to you know, do a civil disobedience kind of thing to, to actually make change happen. Um, but it is kind of frustrating that we don't get to have a public, de- even now but people aren't having a public debate about this stuff very much. There's like maybe two senators that actually talk about privacy and try to push privacy positive things and no one else is talking about it because they don't want to or, or whatever. Um, Which is the, the saddest part of, of what he did, you know, and that's kind of what he puts out into the, world with his interview he says the worst thing that could happen would be that nothing happens <laughs> like if nobody talks about this and it doesn't matter and nobody cares like that's the worst like i don't care if you know that i'm viewed as a spy that's not what this is about this is like yeah seriously it, it was his like his gift is now we can have a conversation about this do you want to have a conversation about this <laughs> <laughs> no because <laughs> it may be yeah our, our whole nation just says meh <laughs> sadly i think most of them do just give me uh, just give me new apps <laughs> yeah make me swipe to get to my camera i don't care if you can see me with it <laughs> um, but I, I i was also pleasantly surprised like there's kind of this funny like blurring the line between reality and the film 
is that kind of towards the end, it starts using actual news footage of like the norm, the real Snowden, intercut with like Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> playing Snowden, and it just kind of jars you for a second. You're like, wait, he's playing him, but now he looks like him exactly because it is him. Um, that reminds me of in Wall-E because they have all the fat, cartoony people, but then on the the screen, it was a live yeah. actor, and I was like, wait, yeah, Fred Willard is for real? <laughs> is this a cartoon universe or not? Yeah, so, but uh, no, I mean, Snowden does have a nice little cameo at the end for real as himself with his final speech. And um, it what always strange to me is that I follow Snowden on Twitter and I'm sure I'm on somebody's list because I do. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just cool to know that like, you know, like I could interact with this guy and I see him joking around on Twitter and then you get to see him in an Oliver Stone movie and you're like, whoa, cool. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty pretty well done. Definitely worth checking out, especially if um, I know like it's hard to get anybody to watch a documentary anyways. Yeah. Um, this is a nice way into it. And then I feel like if you go to see this, you'll probably want to go see the documentary to see the the real version of it. So, so Snowden, what genre is this film? Is it like a full-on thriller kind of genre film? or No, not at all. I'd say there's like a couple scenes where there's elements of that, you know, and then there's like... He gets like a job as doing like a CIA kind of mission, and like they try to build it up a little bit in the genre sense, but mostly it's just like this is a historical narrative film. Um, it doesn't feel too ramped up in that, um, except for his relationship with his girlfriend, which <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I have my own reservations on their casting choice for that, but. Uh, it's Divergence actress. <laughs> yeah, what's her name? Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Um, just felt a little off. A strange casting choice. I don't know, because she kind of acts like it, maybe it's how she was directed. Maybe it's Oliver Stone's fault, but she kind of feels creepy like a, a, a teenager who got to be in the scene with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Just kind of felt weird. Like, <laughs> she's like so a, young. A fangirl instead of an actual peer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to jump on Joseph Gordon Levitt in bed. I'm a girl who likes him. <laughs> it's just like it felt a little off. But is, uh, I mean, does she get to be a full person in this movie or is it just audience foil? He's a normal guy kind of stuff. I'd say it's fifty fifty. Like they you can tell they wrote her to have a little more depth and gave her more to do. She's not just the girlfriend who's like, What are you doing? Why can't you tell me what you're doing? Yeah. Um she has more to do, so I guess there's that. Uh you also have down here that Obama's not cast in a good light in the film, so tell me about that. Well, they kinda get into like Snowden is like, you know, they ask him, like, why now? Why did you decide, you know? to do the whistleblow move now. And he's like, I, he's basically like, I thought Obama was going to do better and he didn't. So, you know, like he knew it was bad and he thought he had hopes for Obama that might go in and do something and change it. But since he just saw it getting worse and worse, he's like that. I, he just had enough. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've said on other flipping tables episodes, like this is like the one clear area where I've never been, super excited about obama's presidency is tech policy like it's just power like government power is just the only philosophy apparently no matter which party's there um we got all this surveillance stuff from bush but obama's just continued it and it's like yeah there's all the like the crap like total nonsense people believe about obama but like this is actually true and we should actually be upset about it yeah it's really tough 
And there's a, there's a lot of uh, movement, like, as Obama's going to leave office, they're, like, trying to plead with him, like, hey, you should pardon Snowden, you know, and it's got its own Yeah, the hashtag. ACLU, like, prominent organizations are calling for it. EFF. Yeah, and I just don't, there's no, there's no way he's going to do it, though. I mean, I don't. I mean, it'd be a full about face from Obama and his own policy through his whole presidency to be like, actually, and then let that guy go. Yeah. Um, It wouldn't make sense. He definitely wouldn't do it before this election happens because it would just be a huge talking point of, they're terrorist friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll Uh, see. I'm I'm curious to see how Flippy Tables goes this November. (laughs) Flippy Tables? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, um, man, this is kind of making me want, and I want to see Snowden, but I also kind of want to watch JFK again. Just all oh, yeah. Stone. <laughs> just yeah, that. I mean, JFK is nuts, but it's really fun. <laughs> you get really sucked into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember the first time I got, it was on like some random like Saturday on network TV, and I was like, what is this? Oh, yeah, JFK with Kevin Costner. What was that again? And like after like 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm all in. You know, and it's really long too. It's like a three-hour <laughs> movie, but you just really get sucked into, you know, all the the mystery and evidence that he's finding. Well, people um, always say that about like Shawshank, which I agree. That's an easy easy movie to get sucked into. But I I think it's just what is that? Was there a word for that genre of like that movie that's just on, and you, you, no matter what, you just sit down and start finishing it from wherever you saw it start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just one of your favorites i guess like you don't you don't say hey let's have a movie night to watch this or or start it over or anything it's just like yeah, it's just on tv and yeah let's watch it national treasure would be like that if it's on i'm not i'm not gonna complain <laughs> most mission impossibles <laughs> yeah except for the john woo oh. yeah. <laughs> so is that three is so, so it's bad. two three oh, was also kind of it was jj oh least. yeah three was jj yeah no john woo two was so bad <laughs> Uh, was that do it? <laughs> uh, that's a great table flip for me. I got to say what I had to say about my stupid phone. <laughs> I'm sure there will be more after you get your 7 Plus. <laughs> great. <laughs> I'll come back then. I'll come, and that'll be after Trump's president, so we'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> oh, crap. All right. Well, that was episode 138 of Flipping Tables. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, check out the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 138. And uh, we also have a Reddit community going uh, for comments. We don't have comments on our website because we're hipsters about that. Uh, but go to, go to reddit.com slash r slash flipping tables and uh, you'll see a link to every episode, including this new one. And then we can have conversations there. Uh, me and Justin are both on Twitter and we are both with pseudo in front of our names but spelled differently. So I'm pseudo Michael S U. Do Michael on Twitter and Justin pseudo Justin P S E U D O the original. <laughs> I wish. Uh, while you're on our website, you might as well subscribe. If you don't know how to subscribe, please hit me up on Twitter. I'll tell you how to do it. Uh, if you'd like to support us directly, go to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And depending on the level you support us, uh, you'll get your name mentioned on every flipping tables and maybe on every show on sunrise robot. So with that special thanks to Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, new game plus Cunningham, Carolyn Kraut, Cliff Lyons, Ida Abramovich, Justin Edwards, Joan Edwards, and Warren Myers. We love you all so much. Thank you.